Loud, so everyone get loud with us. Back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Capital FM. I am Uriel Fan. Listening to Capital FM is my habit. In fact, my day starts with your station. My lovely favorite radio. You know, guys, you're the best. This is Capital FM, Moscow, 105.3. We speak English. We play a hit. Capital FM. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this evening. And someone, well, everyone had a little bit of a dance to that song. I kind of started to dance here and then uh, Double N said, Alan, just sit down, please. No, no, no. He's like, no. It's not even, da- I can't say dad dancing. It was just not dancing. It was what's the excuse for dancing. But, you know, I'm Irish, so I'm used to like just doing a, a bit of a jig. Right. Um, as I said at the start of the show, the Champions League has already begun. And we did speak about this a little while ago. So the first uh, three games have been played. Yes, three games. They all took place in Pristina, in Kosovo. What were the results and who is coming through to play in the first round or the, the, the first qualifying round of the Champions League, Dublin? Um, so, okay, let me check on that first for a second. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So there were three games, of course, played in that uh, the first qualifying round, um, and it was a, a, a let's say a four-team tournament. Uh, Ferronikili, which of course was the answer to a quiz a couple of weeks ago, which Andy Mack didn't get. They won one nil against Lincoln Redims from Gibraltar. Three Penny, who of course are from the little tiny founded by a Croat, San Marino. Uh, they lost 1-0 to Santa Coloma of Andorra. And in the final, Ferronicoli, Santa Coloma, who won? Uh, Ferronicoli has won 2-1. Very good. So Ferronicoli won 2-1. And they go through to place, to face even the new Saints of Wales. Now, those first leg of the first qualifying round of the Champions League would take place in just over a week's time. So the 9th of July, uh, the first leg or the 10th of July, and then the 2nd, the 16th and 17th. Some very, very big teams in there. I mean, double end, looking at the, the, the teams that are in this, you've got Celtic playing Sarajevo. Um, and they're in, then, okay, Dundalk, my team, are playing Riga, which is quite good. I'm going to, I'd love to get the Riga for that, the, the return game on the 17th, but work is kind of uh, going against me. Bate Borisov, of course, who were one of the stalwarts of the group stages, uh, like a real good news story from um, Belarusia. They are playing Piast of um, uh, Poland, so that's kind of an interesting one. Felic Varos, of course, one of the, the storied clubs from uh, Hungary. They are against Razgrad, Ludogorets, Ludogorets, of course, who play in the Champions League group stage. Uh, of local interest, Suduva, they are playing Resar Belgrade, Suduva, of course, of Lithuania, Arat, Armenia, they are playing against Ike of Stockholm, Astana playing Cluj, Cluj, of course, from, um, uh, they are from Romania even, and Karabag, they are away against Partizan Tirana, Karabag, of course, from, uh, from Azerbaijan. Um, and looking at the Sheriff Tiraspol, they play Tbilisi, so uh, USSR showdown there, Valletta, a team that I kind of grew to like when I was living and working in Malta. They're playing Dudelange of uh, Luxembourg as well. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know. It's always interesting for me. And then, of course, in the uh, Europa League, which is already, of course, games there already started. I'll give a very, very quick rundown now because there's not so many big teams in there. Uh, the biggest win was for Klaxvik uh, of uh, the Faroe Islands. They beat Trifiori of San Marino 5-1. So in all those games, uh, the winners were Niederkorn from Luxembourg. You had Ed, N. Gordani from, uh, they are from Andorra. They won away. St. Julia from Andorra as well, they won at home. Balamina of Northern Ireland, they won at home. Uh, Pristina drew 1-1 with St. Joseph's of Gibraltar. And um, Barrytown from Wales, they drew 0-0 with Cliftonville of Northern Ireland. So the second leg will be on 
Right, well, the 4th of July, 4th of July, yeah? What day is that? Thursday? I think it's Thursday. Yeah, it is so. Thursday. It's yeah. Thursday. Oh, uh, one game actually will be played. That uh, Pristina game against St. Joseph's, the return leg in uh, Fortune Course, will be in Gibraltar. That will be on the 2nd. But the rest of them are on the 4th. Okay, so we'll ask Andy Mack, what does he tip? What does he reckon will uh, happen with those? Okay, so we're going to go across uh, to the phone right now to Toronto, to Toronto, to a man who left us sadly last week, to Mr. Alex B. Alex, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you? We're doing great. Listen, just stand still. Don't be moving around because we want to make sure we have a good chat with you. Uh, first up, Alex, what is the weather like in Canada's most beautiful city? Uh, well, the, the weather is, uh, I simply can't complain. It's fantastic. It's some of the greatest, it's some of the greatest weather we've seen in years. And that's, that's some good stuff. But <laughs> I am a bit salty because, uh, Yesterday when I was I was doing this, this big commute, uh, right now I'm actually filing. Uh, well, I already did file a lawsuit against my company because against my airline company. Because sadly, I lost my case. What? You lost oh, your? No, it, was, it, was a, it was a it was a bad it was a bad pun. Oh my good god! I, I lost my case. Listen, so so, like, it's it lost loss or they'll return it to you. They'll deliver it later. No, no, it's a fun. Nothing happened. It, it said that I, I filed a lawsuit against my airline company. Sadly, I lost my case. Oh, cr- oh gee, Alex, Alex, no, no, don't do that to me. Don't do these jokes because they are funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you filed a lawsuit, but you lost your case. All right, okay. Right, well, I mean, I guess you have to laugh. Otherwise, you'd have to cry because, of course... Team Canada in the CONCACAF Gold Cup, they came unstuck against uh, a little island nation, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, Canada's performed the way the delivery on that one was. But, <laughs> yeah, they lost so they lost three they two. Lost right, and um, Mexico won against Costa Rica. So in the semifinals, we're going to see Haiti against Mexico versus the winners of Jamaica and Panama. Uh huh. Hello, Alex. I think we've just lost Alex. Is that the last team? I think we've lost him. Okay, <laughs> right. So I'm going to, instead of him, I'll give you the rundown. So, of course, uh, tomorrow morning uh, at half past midnight, Jamaica are playing Panama. And then at 3.30 Monday morning, the USA play Curacao. Now, Curacao, of course, they're a Dutch, they were, I think, former Dutch colony. Um, so a little tiny island nation there in um, uh, in in the Caribbean. So that, that, that kind of CONCACAF, region is always very interesting these tiny little nations and some of them get a bit of a run and of course and we remember Jamaica they're called the reggae boys the reggae boys Panama of course came here and lit up lit up Russia remember when they, they came yeah. to they were they were absolutely brilliant um, by the way the games have already started uh, in the the, this, uh, the the final group games in the African Asian Cup in Group B. So who is playing? What's the score? Do we have anything? Yeah, exactly. Um, we have updates from the two games. Actually, the Zimbabwe and Congo, they have an opener already. So it's for um, Congo. Oh, so yeah. the Congo, the, the, the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, have one up. I oh, just hear, hear a pop on my screen. Ten minutes gone and they're one up by... 
Bolingi. Bolingi has scored the opener. Yep. Okay, so that's good for the DRC. And of course, in the other game? And uh, Uganda and versus Egypt is still goalless, so 1-0-0. Zero, zero. Okay, so still 0-0. Zero, zero. Okay. Um, now, today there was, of course, uh, a Formula 1, a Formula 1 race. Um, Max Verstappen from Red Bull won it. Of course, it's in Austria. Um, and it... it, it just the track is just absolutely gorgeous where it was. But there were some, um, how do you say, there were some, you know, like a terrible start uh, for, for, there was some crashes and so on and so forth. Um, but looking at it now, I mean, Lewis Hamilton, he finished fifth overall. So this is a guy who was like just roaring away from everybody else in his Mercedes. Uh, Sebastian Vettel finished fourth. Bottas from Finland, he, in oh, the other Mercedes, he finished third. And Leclerc, who of course drives for Monaco in the Ferrari, he finished in second. So Max Verstappen, um, good win for him. A, a bit of a surprise as well. There was a bit of controversy around that as well in terms of what was going around it. And of course, um, Mr. Kvyat, of course, in the Toro Rosso, that's the reserve team of the uh, Red Bull, or the Red Bull um, organization. Um, the Russian, he finished in 17th place, one lap down, but still not too bad. He's, he's still a young lad, so he's, he's still developing. Are you, do you watch Formula One at all? Are you interested at all, though, then? No, actually, like... I don't remember, maybe in childhood, it was the last time when I watched the Formula 1. Um, for me personally, it's not the most interesting sport for me to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> do, uh, do you know, this is a, this is a weird thing, um, that, and, and it's proven by the, the viewing figures. I mean, I, I grew up watching Formula 1 on a Sunday, like after we went to football, we came home with my, my grand and we watched it. There was Irish drivers involved, so we used to watch it. But the funny thing was, you... After the first lap, and showing with viewing figures, after the first lap or two laps or three laps, the viewing figures on TV drop. Because, wow. because after the first corner, that's when everyone smashes into each other when they're fighting for position. But now it's like they have fought, the ratings are falling because people want to see smashes and mm. actions. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like remember the guy who jumped. I know we spoke to it before on, the, on on air. The guy who jumped from space. Remember he from the Red Bull thing. He jumped out with a parachute. Yeah, yeah. and he fell to earth. And uh, the funny thing was, <laughs> where there was like a certain point when it was like, he'd die or like it, it could be a tragedy, whatever that. And <laughs> when he jumped, he reached whatever it was like after one minute. And it's like, ah, now he's safe. Now his parachute will open a whole lot. People just stop watching the stream. Wow. Like that. People want to see this. What, anyway, um, listen, do we have any info on Wimbledon? Because we have a lot of, of course, Russian players are involved. So we, we need to know what's going on with that. So what's, what's the story in Wimbledon? Who, who is first up first tomorrow? Do you know? Um, so there are some matches for tomorrow and, um, for Russia, I think the, the real big match, uh, from Anastasia Patapo going against, um, sportsman from Switzerland. Okay. Aikman, yeah. That will be happening, um, at, uh, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Yeah, I see that before. Actually, before that, uh, Marguerite Gasparian, of course, uh, the local girl here in Moscow, she is playing Freeze Dam uh, from Jeremy. So that's I think she'll be uh, one o'clock here. Uh, so that's she's up on court number ten. So it'll be good to see her. She had a lot of uh, injury problems, so she's going too well. Uh, Dasha Gavrilova, uh, of course, she's Russian and then was well bought by Australia. She is coming up against uh, Yelena Svitolina from Ukraine, who is the eighth seed. So that's going to be a tough one for her as well to start off with. Um, other interesting ones coming up tomorrow in Wimbledon. Uh, Simona Halep, she'll be up. She's playing against Alexandra Sasha Sasnovich from Belarus. So Halep, of course, the seventh seed. Uh, that would be 
that'll be kind of an interesting one. Kudermetova, Veronica, Nika, her dad, of course, a former, uh, well, very, very well-known um, hockey player. She is playing the Belgian Bonaventure. Uh, that should be, they say it should be, plus or minus, uh, a quarter past four uh, local time. So we'll see what's going to happen. That, of course, they said Potafa against Teichmann. So all these women game, women's games coming up. Vic, uh, this is a good one, actually, later on uh, tomorrow. V- uh, Vic or Vic, uh, Veronica uh, Azarenko. Um, or Victoria Rico, sorry. Um, she's playing Alice Cornet uh, from France. So Cornet is an interesting player. She's played here quite a few times. I met her a few times. She was interviewed by Katja Bichkova here as well at the Kremlin Cup. Nice girl. Strange, but nice. Um, and <clears throat> so she is, I don't know, Cornet is a strange girl. She has a lot of talent, but she had these questions around her for doping and so on. So we're going to see what's going to happen with her. She's playing uh, Azarenka. Of course, we've discussed before, had that huge, huge... Um, uh, well, break up and then custody battle and so on with her child. I can't remember who who was uh, Azarenko married to or she was dating. Some American rapper guy, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember. We'll, sure, we'll, yeah. we'll find it out and we'll, we'll come back with it. And of course, she said uh, Dasha Kasat, uh, Kasatkina, who of course is the 29th seat, she's playing Tom Ljanovic. So that's the Australian. So that's going to be quite quite interesting. Wozniaki, Carolina, of course, a, a friend of the show, she is up against uh, Zombis uh, Tormo from Spain. So Wozniaki, the 14th seed, that's going to be quite interesting. And Yulia Putin, of course, the Russian girl who moved to Kazakhstan, she is against Naomi Osaka. So that could actually be one of the biggest games because Putin, she's a very, very tough competitor, tough player. Osaka is not going to, I don't know, that's going to be a tough one. So if you're looking for an upset tomorrow... Have a look at that one um, because I think Putinseva could put it up to her on grass and really push it to the very, very end. So we'll see what's going to happen. Okay, now we, we can't get um, Alex B back. I guess he's just, at, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll try to get him back a bit later on. But in the meantime, we are going to go into the break in just a moment and we have something that I think is reflective of last year's World Cup. As, as I said, last year at this time, we had that, oh, I mean, it was, it was wonderful, wasn't it? The World Cup today last year one year ago today you had Uruguay beating Portugal 2-1 and I had I thought I, after seeing Portugal live in the flesh Dublin I thought they were going to go all the way like who did you think were going to win the World Cup last year? Oh, it was um, for me I was thinking about maybe Belgium Belgium they have a they had a good team agreed yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 had, I had England and Belgium tipped to, get, to maybe make the final if they, if they both got that far okay yeah and actually the Russia team also surprised us everyone like what they did against Spain, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. But by the way, by the way, tomorrow, as well as being Canada Day, so the big Canada celebration day, tomorrow, as well as being Canada Day, is also uh, the one year to the day that I, I mean, it was amazing. The four three on penalties win against Spain. I mean, there were, of course, Russia one nil down, then came back, scored a penalty to Artem Juba, and then the rest is history. That was just. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I really, I, I, that was like, it was one of the most enjoyable games. And I think just the noise, I've never heard anything like it. Um, and you know, the great thing I, I found is our we were going around the streets of Moscow and people just so happy, just so happy. And people of every national, or ethnic group, shall we say, or nationality, people even from different countries who are working here, we're celebrating just like we did it as a country. I was... I don't know. It was quite good. Yeah, you, yeah I mean, well, you enjoyed it, of course. Okay. Right, we're going to go out to the break, as I said, with a song that um, I think reflects last summer and this summer as well. It's one that I know you're going to get a bit of a... Uh, enjoy. It's Martin Garrix, Macklemore and Patrick Stump. This is Summer Days. We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I got the 
you to go yet. Can we stay in the moment? Don't look in the mirror, look into my eyes. When you see your reflection, you'll see what I like. You look good in the morning, and you don't even know it. Out the garage, pull the roof back. Just me, you and the stars. Toast to the gods. She's a one, a masterpiece. She a drug at a fast release. Got me sprung, wrapped in sheets. Wake up, and then we going back to sleep. Colors stuck in your iris. We comfortable in silence, but I prefer it when we wildin'. Sundress, nothing underneath as we undress. You could look in my eyes, see I'm some mess. Couple of broken people trying to complete each other under one breath. Don't look in the mirror, look into my eyes. When you see your reflection, you see what I like. You look good in the morning. Могло с тобой случиться, произойдет этим летом. Capital FM даст тебе возможность попасть на крупнейший музыкальный фестиваль в мире. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Внимательно слушай Capital FM, лови факты о фестивале и первым присылай нам пароль Take Me to Tomorrowland. Если ты собрал все факты за неделю, жди звонка от наших ведущих. И главное, никаких алло. Отвечай сразу. Take Me to Tomorrowland. И готовься собирать чемоданы. Главное событие года. Tomorrowland ждет именно тебя. 18 плюс. Предложение не является публичной офертой. Период проведения акции с 10 июня по 5 июля 2019 года. Welcome back, folks, to part five of... Or, yeah, it is part five. <laughs> I'm losing track of time already. Thank God Double N is here to, to uh, rescue me and keep me sane. Okay, um... Before I go any further, because again, I'm just I'm looking at the the scenes from last year. Of course, you're under and thinking this is amazing, like you know, and so on and so forth. And that two-two game, of course, in Sochi between Russia and Croatia, which sadly Croatia won on penalties. But okay, four-three. Um, any updates from those uh, African matches? Yeah, um, from the Cairo straight from Cairo, we have like uh, two matches, as we said before. So Uganda against Egypt is still zero-zero, and um, Zimbabwe versus Congo is still. 
One zero to one, yeah. Okay, one that's okay. Again, earlier on today, that the other two games finished Guinea two nil against Burundi, and of course Madagascar pulling out the shock of the tournament so far two nil against Nigeria, and also happening as well, which I think is interesting for for the youth of today, and especially for some young guys who are moving around. Um, the uh, European Twenty One Championship is on. Uh, Spain one nil against Germany. Uh, that's after thirty six minutes. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 it's always interesting to see because some of the great, great young stars come from those matches. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, earlier on, we were discussing the the situation with Klushakov, and he he actually put out a statement that he's not just going to Ahmed just to be a number. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Like um, he was claiming that he is going to end his career in a like star way, so so to say. So. Uh, is uh, he claimed that he's going to put on some star performances in the new club? So, uh-huh. yeah, and um, as Andy pointed out, like he's going to be an important man, like with his experience in uh, Russian Premier League. So I think um, overall, Ahmed will ben- Ahmad will benefit from his experience, and uh, I think that's that's a good move. Yeah, for I th- him. I, yeah, yeah, for him, and, and and I do think as well like that it's it's a, it's a good move for um, for Ahmad, as Andrew said that you know they do need to strengthen up, they do need to they they need to take that step. I think they've only played in Europe one time, once in their whole uh, history. So I mean that's for a club with the money and even the support. I mean they've got huge support, um, but the money that they have, it's just really not enough. It's 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 really I don't know, it's terrible for them. But well, we we'll see what happens. Um just one one thing that we just wanted to mention as well. Uh with when we were discussing the Tour de France, we got a message in about motor doping. So okay. so I'll, I'll explain again what Thierry said could like just can we go mention it again. So motor doping is where the motor is in the tube. So the underneath the saddle, the little tube that goes down to the uh what's that thing the the thing in the middle where you pedal? Well into the pedals kind of like that that thing. So when you're pedaling you have a little motor in there. It builds up and then when you're kind of uh, you need to rest your legs a little bit you knock down the gears so you're kind of uh, riding a, a lower gear or I forget exactly what it is. I'm not very good at cycling. Um I can cycle of course but I'm not I'm not technically aware of it because it's some way thing. So basically, when you, you you you, it just kind of like just runs itself. So it's a little motor thing. So you see the people on the you know, the samokat, the scooters yeah. that you push along, and then they do so much, and then they just like turn on its engine and then it goes. That's the exact same kind of thing. So what Thierry was trying to explain was that in the uh, mountains, so you come into the mountains, you can pedal very very hard, and then all of a sudden. You need to, to rest your legs a little bit, um, and you don't have to pedal as much. And basically, you just like relax your legs, and you don't need to put the power in. But of course, the bike is going up the mountain; it's it's perfectly good. So, it's it it it's cheating, and it's something that a lot of cycling fans they they will say, "Oh, it's all, you know taking doping." Well, it's always been there; it, it always happens. But uh, for them, it's like you no know, motor doping is completely forbidden. And I do understand it; I do understand where they're coming from. But for me, it's. I don't know. It's really. I mean, uh, would you would you ever think of like you know if you're on a bicycle, would you have if you went out say you know, you're out riding with your you know your girlfriend and, and you say okay I have a motor on my bike, would you would that make you happy? Would you not prefer to just get a motorbike? Yeah, I think that's that makes sense what you say. Like I think it's a little bit cheating. Like we should call things what they are. Like. If it has a motor, it's a motorbike. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not a bicycle anymore. It's a motorbike. I mean, it's. I, I remember. I remember uh, years and years ago when I was a kid, and they had to think of it like kind of like a moped, where you would pedal. You just like pedal, 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 and then like you'd. That's what it is. 
you know so you know what I mean? Like, I mean so okay folks so that's that's what i was trying to explain and people are kind of going what does that mean and how does it work that's how it works basically you just um pedal 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 and then all of a sudden you go now one thing that's broken actually is quite an interesting one um double m what do you what do you think of neymar Oh, like um, it's been some news about him in the like newsline lately. Yeah, yeah. It is like yeah, a lot of memes coming oh, out. Of course, of yeah. course. As as a player, do you think he's good? Uh, for me personally, in my opinion, I I don't think he's that good. Like like we know all like we all know the stars of the football, so to say. Like they have like a benchmark of Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi. Uh huh. I think uh, Neymar is. Not there yet, maybe, or I don't know, will he ever be there? But um, I think his caliber is a little bit lower. It's just my opinion, so like um, maybe it's biased or something. Um, but yeah, like I think he's um, overrated, so to say. A little okay, bit. no, that's yeah. fair enough. Well, just, 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 it's, it's an interesting because. Um, uh, Felipe Coutinho, of course, the ex Liverpool player, uh, that he might be swapped. Okay, he might be swapped um, for Neymar. So go from Barcelona to PSG and vice versa. So Neymar goes to Spain. Now, of course, we know that Spain, he, or sorry, sorry, Spain, we know that uh, Neymar, he left Barcelona uh, just two years ago for £200 million. So it was, what, €220 million. Euros, um, so around that. But now he wants to go back to Spain. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't. I mean, I don't like his his behavior when he's diving on the ground. When he's like cheating and so on. It's just it's awful, isn't it? It's just I don't know. It's well, that's me. That's me. I I, I you know I, I just think it's it's wrong. But anyway, that's that's the news right now. That he's going to move back um, into Milan, of course, for Romelu Lukaku. I wanted to ask Andrew Flint about that, but we just ran out of time in the very very end. I didn't get a chance to ask him because um, Lukaku is looking to go from United to Inter Milan for £62.8 million. Pounds. So around €70 million, Euros, just a little bit plus or minus. Um, that's like a huge, huge one. Um, now, we're hoping to get uh, Peter McDowell on the line, but of course we just couldn't get him, we just couldn't reach out. We will get him next week because he's he's just one of the best guys who, to work with clubs and to deal with him. He's, just, he's, he's brilliant uh, with Liverpool FC TV. Um, but we'll get him on next week, so I promise that. Um, but Liverpool are looking to get the, the player uh, Ferro. Ferro, uh, for he's I think he's Portuguese and he's playing with Benfica anyway. Um, but but uh, he's going to sign a new contract with his club and wait for this. This has just now come into us right now. Got this from a, from an agent that he's going to sign a new contract with Benfica. So his minimum release fee, so the minimum amount that he he will have to move for, will be allowed to move for. 120 million pounds. So, wow. oh, sorry, 120 million euros. Still, I mean, yeah, I mean, 10 million here, there, yeah. I mean, so 120 million. I mean, that's just insane. Listen, one thing that um, have you watched any of the Women's World Cup? We only mentioned it a bit with uh, Andrew. Have you s- seen any of it? Um, I should say I've played a couple of games on the console, like PlayStation, but in I, the I, Women's World Cup, yeah, <laughs> really? yeah. Okay. there is there is a game game on. Especially like women, women's football. And how is it? Um, it was okay, I should say. Yeah, okay. the developers okay. made a good job. That's like, cool. I didn't know that. No, okay, I'm going to go check that out. Well, listen, they're talking about VAR now. I'm going to ask Andy, Andy uh, Mack about it just in a little while because you know uh, Pierre Luigi Colina, the Italian referee. He was like the bald guy. He looked like an yeah. alien. Yeah. But, 
Like kind of blue eyes, and he looked always yeah. very, very scary. Anyway, uh, so he he was uh, interviewed this week, and they said um, uh, about the VAR because there was huge controversy about it when the England Cameroon game, when the, the referee was going to check again for the VAR, check it, do another one, and she said she didn't. And to which she asked, "Why didn't you do it?" She says, "Because I was afraid the Cameroon players would walk off because they were so disgusted what was happening." No, I mean a lot of people were think were felt very bad from the loss of course three 0 to England. But it really got to a point where the game was just ruined by the VAR, and but but by the players' behaviours as well. I mean, it was just it was both sides were equally bad in in, in what they did and how they behaved. Now they were sent forty four games, okay, where the VAR has been used, uh, World Cup and so on. Um, there has been four hundred forty one checks where they've asked for a review, okay, so we'll ask for like a review. Uh, twenty nine reviews have taken place, okay. Twenty nine reviews have actually been done. Uh, and 98% have proven to be correct, that the referee was correct to do it. And that's what Kalina said. What do you think of the VAR? I mean, I, I mean I'm, I can't say I'm biased, but what, what do you think of this like, video system? I mean, is it good for football? Should it, because it'll be coming into the English Premier League next year. Yeah, you know, that's actually a very good question. So, um, in my opinion, like, we are living in a, such, an, such an age where the technology starts to overcome and starts to be introduced in our lives and in sports as well. So um, I think um, the VAR, VAR system is still has some little bit problems. Like you say, they try to double check or something, which shouldn't be, it shouldn't be working that way in my opinion. Like it should be like a solid decision and a very like the time should be the main factor. Like the game shouldn't be stopped for a long time. That's, and there yeah. it is. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. Sorry, and, go ahead. And um, in my opinion, like um, the technology coming into sports is inevitable, as well as um, it's coming in our lives. So, um, but I think it should be developed a little bit more to be to to prove itself, like to be a very effective tool, and so that the game doesn't die and it still be interesting, you know, to watch. You see, this is where it is because I mean, you see it in American sports, and I, I would watch rugby, so I see it in rugby quite quite a bit. And um, it's interesting where they say, "Okay, uh, is it this or is it this?" So if it isn't a try, tell me why it isn't a try, for example, in rugby. And it works well because, like, you see some like someone where like a, a guy's jumping to catch the ball in the air, and someone else comes and they say like. Take some out, like, sorry, I slapped my hands. That was me. Slap, I wasn't slapping double end. It was me. Slapped my hands together. <laughs> sorry, just in case you're wondering, people. So that was just me. So they like he 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 makes them fall on the ground, or it's a late hit. Like a guy's lying on the ground, and a guy jumps in with his knee or elbow or something. Like that. And then they were played on the big screen in the stadium, and people see it happening. It's like, and then you hear the crowd just go, "Ooh, ah!" Oh. And then people start go, and then the referees kind of going, "Yeah, let's." I have to give him a red card or yellow. You know, so it's a bit of a theater. Whereas, like, usually, say, in ice hockey, that they just take it upstairs. We don't see what's going on. They don't show it. Um, and I, I go back to, um, was it 2009, the, uh, the World Cup uh, qualifier uh, playoff uh, between Ireland and France in uh, Stade de Paris. And in the stadium, they were showing highlights of, go of goals and so on and different things. Um, and then when Thierry Henry against Ireland, France and Ireland, sorry, I should have said that at the very start because I'm biased. So France and Ireland, so when he handles the ball twice, no less, not just once, twice, and then passes it in and they score a goal, the stadium guys didn't put it up on the screen. They didn't put up anything from the goal on the screen. Wow. Yeah, because they knew that if we do this, 
it'll be clear and there could be a, not a riot but people will go wait hold on the referee has to do it because what can the referee do if, like okay VAR is VAR but if there's a replay and you see somebody like like not off screen but sort of in the background punch another player yeah. and you're and, you, and it's not like the referee hasn't seen it no one else has seen it what do you do if it's a replay of a goal or something like that and then you think oh wait hold on I have to book that guy or I have to send him off that woman or whatever so it's interesting now just on the theme, of course, of the uh, Women's World Cup at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, England showdown against the United States. Uh, that's going to be a biggie, of course, 10 o'clock Moscow time. And in the other semi-final, which, I don't know, I mean, that Italy-Netherlands game, uh, yes, it was just god-awful. Uh, Sweden came through a tough one against a team who many were tipping. I didn't tip, I, I actually thought the USA would go on to win it, uh, sadly. Um, but that they, uh, of course, the USA, uh, as we mentioned, they beat France 2-1. But Netherlands and Sweden is on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. The winners, of course, then playing next Sunday. So we will be just finishing, finishing um, where that, that final is on. Um, now, before we go to the break, we're going to break in just um, a minute. Any score updates from uh, Africa? Um, yeah, so from Cairo, from Summer of Cairo. So we have... Uh Still, the scores are the same. So, Uganda against Egypt is 0-0, goalless. And uh, Congo still is leading oh, actually, one just one now, up. just now, in this very minute, 34th minute, just now, I'm just, I'm sorry, this wow. is breaking news. Yeah. They've just scored a goal. They've yeah, exactly. Literally, just as we were announcing it, they've just flashed up on the screen, goal for actually, the DRC. Actually, two goals, yes. I should say. One is for Egypt as well. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I just seen it right now as we up there. Mohammed Salah, folks, this is this is what the live radio is all about, and this is what what we do as sports journalists. We were covering exact. Oh, I just seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mohammed Salah, and, and that other game, of course, it's half time of the European Under Twenty One uh, Championship final. It is one 0 still between Spain Under Twenty Ones and the German Under Twenty One. So, of course, one uh, 0 Mo Salah scoring, who we discussed in depth at the start of the show. One uh, 0 against Uganda and two 0 for Congo against Zim. Zimbabwe. Okay, we're going to go back to the break right now um, and we'll come back. All going well, we'll get Mr. Andy McLean on the uh, phone. And because this is a song in honour of Andy, this is Little Wayne and uh, Kevin Rudolph. This is Let It Rock. We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I see your dirty face.
never stop. I sing about angels like Angela and Pamela and Samadhi and Amanda and Tamara. I'm in here like what's up? We can it me. I can fix you up. I can fix you up. I can fix you down. Shawty, we can go wherever. Just pick the town. And my jewelry is louder than Benji sound. Big egg clocks like on the ground. Dirty like socks that's on the ground. We say because when I arrive, I I bring the fire, make you come alive. I can take you higher up the stairs. Add this number to your contacts. You're going to need it. Capital FM, the one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Turn it up. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital, Capital. FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Welcome back for our last segment of this evening. I hope you folks are enjoying it at home. Um, Nazar. Yep. Well then, you're enjoying it? Yeah, sort of. Excellent. Perfect. Okay, right. So we're having fun tonight and we're going to go right away. We're going to go right away because we can't lose this man because we love him so much and I have to apologise for calling him a monster. He's not really a monster. He's just a very naughty boy. Mr. Andy Mack, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm, you know, just popping up so you can take a photo of me so you remember me. Oh, thank you very, very much. I'll do that. Don't do, don't do like a Warda one, Okay. all right let's move on for now very very quick listen Andy quick question for you right away Um, if you were to guess if you were to guess who was the best manager Wayne Rooney played under it's quite a good question Um, he's played under a lot I I think you'd probably have to lump for for Sir Alex really Okay, so because he's played, let's, let's go like kind of chronology, kind of. So he went to uh, David Moyes, of course, at Everton. Uh, Sir Alex uh, Ferguson, uh, that's strange to say, sir. Right, anyway. um, Alex Ferguson, uh, of course, at uh, Manchester United. Then he had, uh, it was Moyes again, wasn't it? Moyes, Van Gaal. Yeah. He had Mourinho as well. Um, but he picked Louis Van Gaal. 
Interesting one. Yeah. Probably he didn't have to suffer the same training regimes as everybody else. <laughs> I reckon so. I reckon so. Um, but that was good. Uh, before we, we speak football, right, um, your namesake, Andy Murray, going to play doubles, mixed doubles, with Serena Williams. Serena says she's open for him if you want. If she's open to play with him if she wants or whatever. <laughs> Just say they'll partner up or whatever. Um, is that the right thing for him to do? Uh, new balls, please. Okay. Um, well, he won't have to cover much of the core, so it'll be good on his hip. <laughs> but no, listen, I mean, he's the guy, he, he, he turned around and made a point of saying um, all athletes should announce their TUEs like I've been doing. So, I mean, <laughs> would that not like if you go against kind of uh, the omerta of tennis? What do you reckon? Uh, innocent and proven guilty. <laughs> All right, we will, we move on. Listen, what has been catching your notice this week in the world of football and sports? Uh, world of football, I mean, the inflated transfer market in the UK, well, sorry, England, um, has really been getting me quite down. Um, 70, 80-odd million for Harry Maguire, 50 million for a man that's only played one season, really, in the Premier League. Um, that's really quite depressed me, really. Um, especially when it sounds like Kieran Tierney, probably Celtic's best player, is off to Arsenal for about 20 or 25. Um, other than that, I have very much been enjoying the cricket when it hasn't been rained off. Thankfully, the heat wave in Europe has been good for it. <laughs> well, that is a, that is a point. Listen, how is it, who, who is lining up to uh, take on the title of the world's best one-day team? Well, England managed to scrape a very good win today against India, which means that they jumped back above Pakistan, who had had a bit of a resurgence. Um, so at the moment, it's New Zealand, Australia, India and England that are sitting in the top four. Um, I think some countries have still got two games left, um, and some have only got one. Okay. So the top four go through to the semi-final. All right, well, that, 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 that's okay. Um, listen, your, your uh, Celtic team are up quite soon. Well, will, will you be in the studios before it, uh, playing Sarajevo? We were discussing the, the, the Champions League, that it's already started and so on and so forth. Were you surprised to see Celtic drop down to the level of Dundalk? <laughs> and of course, listen, Andy, 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 before you're starting, Dundalk are my team. So if I'm running them down... It's, you know, I'm, I'm being a realist on this. But like, you know, Celtic, of course, I saw them playing here against Spartak. You know, the Celtic are, you know, twice finalists, once winners of the European Cup. Um, like, you know, one of the great European clubs. Should they be having to go through the first, uh, you know, preliminary qualifying round? Well, no, but this is the sad state of European football at the moment. The, um, the smaller nations, ones often with a lot of history, are being priced out of getting the top talent and when they do nurture top talent it's it's pilfered very quickly um, so it's difficult I mean we saw last season Ajax had to come through a number of qualifiers um, and a lot of big clubs fall by the wayside in the in the playoff um, Celtic do have and, and of course Dundalk have the benefit of playing through champions routes and things like that but sometimes it doesn't help because now you, you end up playing the champions of very very useful sort of Polish Norwegian I mean, tough teams that have got a good pedigree as well in Europe. Well, that's the whole thing, Andy, because, like, I mean, you're playing Sarajevo, and Sarajevo are, damn it, they're not mugs. You know, Sarajevo are a good, 
traditionally strong Bosnian side. Uh, they were strong even, of course, um, them and Jelio uh, in, in Sarajevo were very, very strong. But then you look at, uh, everyone's saying like, you know, Bate Borisov, for Christ's sake, I mean, they were, you know, uh, Luda Goretz, Razgrad from Bulgaria. They were, they were, you know, group stage teams. Yeah, but all, all, all very good teams. And the sad thing for them is quite often playing these smaller clubs, there'll be some nations that are in the first, second round that are halfway through their season and they're motoring. Um, and then the likes of Celtic, Razgrad, etc., who have the summer breaks because of the way the season's set up, um, then have to find fitness and hit the ground running. And it's a very costly game to get wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like you. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how, do, how this works out, and I think it's just, I think it's very, very unfair. I understand it's like where teams get into group stages and so on and so forth, but like you know, if you get through to the next round, it will be slightly. I, I say if because you know, God knows what could happen. Um, but getting through to the next round, then you're going to play the winners, uh, the Estonian champions or the Macedonian champions. So. If you play uh, Shkendia from, from, from uh, Macedonia, or they're not Macedonia now, it's like Northern, what's it called? North Macedonian, yeah. There you go, North Macedonian champions. Um, you know, if you end up playing them, you're going to be playing them in the heat of Macedonia. And I mean, I've been to Macedonia in the summer, and I'll tell you something, it's like a bowl. It's just like you boil, you just, it's, it's terribly uncomfortable there. So, I mean, that's going to affect then your own season at home, won't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, Celtic last season played um, closer to Baghdad than they did Barcelona, Madrid, Madrid rather, for the final, um, against Alishkert. And you're playing in 36, 37 degrees heat, even at that time in the evening. So it's very difficult, and you obviously then have to set up your training camp. All of the preparations that you're putting into the new season have to be done high-intensity heat. Um, and that's obviously not what you're going to be preparing for when you go back to Scotland. Exactly, exactly. I mean, well, you might get the midgets down there, but you never know. Midgets as in not people of short stature, um, but like <laughs> midgets as in like the little insects that like bite you an awful lot, like, you know. Um, okay, so that, 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 that's that. But then if you look at then, they get through that second qualifying round. Okay, so they, 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 they get through, they stumble through the heat of uh, Macedonia, they battle through the absolute baking heat of Sarajevo. Sarajevo is like an immensely hot city and smoggy as well, Andy, don't forget that. And then you end up in the third qualifying round and you've got teams like Ajax, uh, Dinamo Zagreb if they get through, Copenhagen, Pauk, Apoel, you know, uh, and, and then you've also then other teams through there like Porto, Krasnodar, you know, uh, Club Bruges, Dinamo Kiev. And that's before you get to the playoff round. So, I mean, is, is this a discrimination? Like, should, should they not just completely overhaul the Champions League and just say, look make it easier because to try and share out the money we bit. Well, I certainly think having four clubs or even five clubs, as they were talking about from England, um, that needs to be scrapped, I think. I mean, you're playing the Champions League. I can understand for the TV money and revenue and big clubs being involved. Top three, maybe, in Spain, Italy, England. But I think it's very, very unfair for, as you mentioned, clubs with very good pedigree in, in Europe having to go through a number of very difficult hurdles to just to get 10 million on from the Champions League. Ajax, for example. I mean, there's no wonder that the players are leaving when they say, like, geez, we might not even get into the group stage next year. So whatever bonus they could get, whatever money, stability that that money would bring in to the club, 
they might not get it. So they get to the semi-final last year, blow it, of course, as we know. But my goodness, I mean, it, it just doesn't seem fair. Um, one interesting thing that, that I, I just read an interview with the press association that they had with John Henry, of course, the owner of Liverpool and the owner of the Boston Red Sox. Um, and he mentioned that, uh, you know, that they, they're not going to throw huge money, but they do have some good signings that they said that they're going to bring in. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look, they, they lost one Premier League game last season and they lost by one point to Man City. But he says, Champions League, all well and good but the Premier League is where it's at. I mean, would you agree with him? Well, I think Liverpool fans would certainly um, like, like the sound of that. Um, but it's very difficult for the manager and players to play in so many competitions. And you also have this high of playing in the Champions League midweek and then coming back and maybe an away game at Bournemouth doesn't you know, really lift the players into the mood. It's, it, it, I think City and... Liverpool will really struggle to find that level of consistency they did this year. I think, I don't think that will happen again for some time to come. Okay, so okay, so you, you you're still. I mean, I know you said you've been very consistent. You're looking at Man City to do a repeat next year in England. Um, I'm not sure actually. I think Pep Guardiola has done so so well, but I think there'll be a few clubs desperate to get back involved next year. I think Spurs will probably come back stronger. Um, Chelsea will be a very interesting one to see um, if they start the season well. Unai Emery's now second tilt at it. I think it will be more difficult for those teams at the top to be as consistent as they were last year. And I think um, you might even catch a third into that. Sorry, like a three-horse race. Okay going into the, into the Premier League next season. That's fair enough. We'll see. Okay, no, no, you, you, you're, you're right at that. Okay, look, because Henry, of course, he was in London um, this weekend uh, because just today, the New York Yankees beat Boston Red Sox 12-8. 12-8. Yeah, 12-8 in the baseball. And, of course, they won yesterday as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of strange trying to, to, to grow it into the UK, like just saying, do the NFL. Um, do you think that there... Just as a throwaway question. Do you think there's a place... Um, for North American sports, like for an NFL franchise in London, for example, because you have the owner of Fulham who also owns uh, uh, an NFL team as well. I think for tourists it might take. Um, you certainly get a lot of Americans that are coming over to watch the NFL that have been played in London, but I think if you did it every week, no, I don't think there'd be enough of an interest. So um, you, yeah, They would have to schedule it, fixture it in a way that it wouldn't clash with the more traditional sports in Europe, and I just don't see that really being even feasible. Well, because, I mean, like in Ireland, like we had like bowl games, for example, um, you know, or, or college teams coming over and they brought like huge amounts of money into Dublin, for example. Um, but the guy, uh, what's his name? Shahi Khan, is it? Shahi Khan? Or Shad Khan, Shahi Khan. He's the guy who owns uh, Fulham. Um, he, he is really looking to bring Jacksonville uh, Jaguars um, to play you know, say, three, four games per season in uh, London because he said that they'll, they'll make more money overall from, from there. But, uh, no, I, I, I kind of... I, I go along with your thinking as well. I think, yeah, it, it's, it's nice for a little yeah, bit of a... I think for those one-off games, you will get interest and you will get, you know, Wem- Wembley will sell out. But if you do it regularly every week, that interest will wane very quickly. And I don't think there'll be the same kind of, you know, 
you get college football in America selling out 18,000 stadiums. I mean, nobody's going to be interested in, 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 in that sport to sustain it financially for more than a few years. No, that's fair enough. Listen, Andrew, um, we were talking uh, like to the, the CONCACAF Gold Cup and also the African Cup of Nations and, of course, the Copa America. Copa America, uh, or sorry, yeah, Copa America, uh, it's down to the last four. Um, who are you tipping to, to, to go through like, between Brazil and Argentina and Chile and Peru? What, what's your take on it? Um, it hasn't exactly been... A goal fest. Well, the same with the Africa Cup of Nations. Wait, now hold on, Andy. Andy, there were thirty penalties taken and twenty-five penalties scored in the quarterfinals. So that's not bad. That's lots of goals. <laughs> twenty-five goals, Andy, and four. Twenty-seven goals. If we're being correct, twenty-seven goals. And uh, double ends looking for going. Right, oh, Alan, no, don't normal go. Normal time. Normal time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So okay. So like, uh, kind of like let's say very, very South American football where there's not that much, not uh, many goals scored, but like a bit of action on and off the field. Well, what do you reckon? Who's going to go through to the final, and who do you think is going to take home the uh, title? I think it will probably be a Brazil-Chile final. Um, and I hope Brazil get upset. Oh. But I, but, but I don't see that happening. All right. Okay, that's fair. That's fair enough. Okay, African Cup of Nations. Um, Nigeria lost a little bit earlier on today, 2-0. Uh, I still think they're going to go on and do well. But what do you reckon, the African Nations Cup? Who, who, who are you backing to, to go all the way? Well, Nigeria had been looking very good. Um, but I think... Um, Uganda are a tough prospect and Egypt took the lead earlier and I think that Mo Salah might inspire them on home soil um, to victory. Um, again, it's been very tight. Not many, not many nations giving much away. They're very compact, playing quite negative football, really. Um, and a lot of goals coming from set pieces. So teams that are dangerous from those, I think you could probably throw in Cameroon. Um, they'd probably have a chance, I think. Okay. Um, Nigeria as well, but I just don't think they've they've looked quite as fluid. I think there's the the mix that they've got up front with Ahmed Musa, Galio. There's something not quite ticking with them at the moment. Okay, yeah, we well we saw that with them. So there was something within the camp, but that that does happen. Andy, before before we go away, um, England or USA? <laughs> um. I'm going to go with the LGBTQ vote in America. Oh, so you're going to go USA. All right, that's fair enough. Listen, Andy, thank you very, very much for calling in because you did call in for us to, to help us rescue the show and I apologise for calling you a lockdown monster. <laughs> Apology not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll sort you out this week. Don't worry, I'll sort you out this week. Andy, listen, thank you very much and we'll talk to you again. We'll see you in studio next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Andy. Right, before we go away, uh, double N, Any, it's half time in Africa. What are the scores? Yeah, um, it's now perfectly aligned in my, on my screen. So <laughs> <laughs> the scores are uh, identical. Like Uganda against Egypt is 0 2, and uh -huh. Zimbabwe and, and versus Congo is also 0 2. Okay, like so El Mohamedi, he scored in injury time, yep. first minute of injury time in that first half. Okay, we're going to go away right now because we are over time right now. Double N, thank you very much. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, Alan, for having me. Okay, so folks, enjoy your sport this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we had a few little glitches, but all was good and we had a little bit of fun. So now we're going to go out, like imagine walking out of the movie, feeling positive, feeling happy because go off into this new week 
with a lot of energy, a lot of joy, because it's going to be a great week, going to be a great sporting week. We will talk to you next week, same time, same place, next Sunday evening, 9 to 11. This is Kaiser Chiefs and Hole in My Soul. We'll talk to you next week.